0: Three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to The Real Pineapple Podcast Network. (coughs) Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter, here. Hope you're all having a great weekend here. I've got a review for Apple TV Plus's latest film directed by the Russo Brothers, their first uh directorial film uh post-endgame, which uh they were producers on the uh on the Chadwick Bozeman's uh 21 Bridges, which I which I enjoy. I actually own 21 Bridges, and I'm a huge fan of that movie. But would, but they are the directors of the movie Cherry here, which stars Tom Holland, of course, outside of being Peter Parker, because that's what everyone's going to go to. Um, I think he does not get enough credit for uh, for The Devil All the Time. Uh, I didn't review that movie, but that was a film I really freaking enjoyed. And then, of course, uh, another film I didn't review, but I thought he had great chemistry with uh, with Will Smith. I thought Spies, I thought Spies Like Us was actually really, well, Spies in Disguise, pardon me, Um, Spies Like Us, totally different movie, but uh, Spies in Disguise, I really enjoyed. So I was intrigued to see what the Russos were going to bring to the table with this movie, and I will say uh, the script is written by uh, Angelo Russo uh, uh, Otstad, is what I'll go with, uh, she is a uh, she was a writer on The Shield and a writer on uh, V, and then Jessica Goldberg, who was the other co writer, she was the creator, uh, writer, and executive producer on the Hulu show uh, The Path, which I really enjoyed, and I was pretty bummed out I didn't get another season. But she was a screenwriter on that, and so and a, a screenwriter on Parenthood as well. So. Right off the bat, I just have to—I have to put it out there. I've seen a lot of people just really shitting on this movie, and it's a—I uh, think it's a little unwarranted if I'm being honest. Um, you know, some people are saying, "Oh man, this movie sucks," and I never thought this movie sucked at any point. I just really was sitting there going, "This is <sighs> misguided, a little strong, but it's just a little unfocused." So. Tom Holland in this film, he plays, uh, uh, he plays Sherry and he is a college dropout. He's working at, you know, restaurants. Uh, They even start off the movie with him working at this restaurant. Uh, His um, manager tells him to throw the pizza dough, you know, higher in the air. Don't be a pussy about it. That's I'm paraphrasing. That's basically what he says. He only lasted the job for a couple weeks. He ends up getting another job where he ends up meeting uh, this girl, Emily, who's played by uh, Sierra Bravo and Sierra Bravo. um, So it's really weird. I saw like seeing her in this. uh, She was in a teacher, which I just reviewed here pretty recently. And even though she doesn't have a huge role in that, I really liked her. In, uh, I, I really enjoyed her in that. She was also in The Long Dumb Road, which I really, uh, which I did like her in. But the thing that's so frustrating about this movie is that the movie Road really does want you to buy into Cherry and Emily's relationship kind of off the bat. But the film itself, the writing isn't strong enough. I think the problem is just the, the writing is. The writing is not strong enough in its premise because this relationship is supposed to be the central one that carries you throughout the whole film. You're supposed to be invested in Cherry and Emily, you know, falling in love, having that, you know, that storybook romance, them going through their through their shit and then where they end up in the third act the first act is supposed to do enough of the legwork that you're invested in them as things start to go ahead and reach your climax. And the problem is, it's just not well-written enough to go ahead and get us there. But I'll I'll get to that. But Sherry, he goes ahead and meets Emily. When he meets Emily, he has a girlfriend who's off at school. Uh, Madison Kowalski, as Sherry says, which I'll be the first to admit was a little odd to me, why would you tell someone you just met your girlfriend's full name, that th- didn't make a lot of sense to me, I thought that was very weird uh, the way this film is shot, because it's is the Russos and this is the Russos, what their fifth film directing, cause uh, oh gosh, I don't think Winter Soldier, Civil War Infinity War, Endgame yeah, so this would be their fifth film uh, directing and the film itself it's very stylish, but it feels like it's stylish for the sake of covering up, uh, kind of spackling uh, some pitfalls of the script and just some things that need to be there that aren't. And that was the biggest thing that just kind of kept slapping me in the face the more I was watching this film. it's Again, it's not, you know, it's not bad, but at the same time, there are these points where, you know, it goes in the slow-mo for, for really no reason, and the the, the wrap-up of the film, especially the last 10 minutes, it could have been easily wrapped up quicker than how it's done here. But but the just going through some stuff I really did enjoy, Tom Holland, I think, is acting his ass off in this. I think he's acting with every fiber of his being in this because, yes, we obviously love him as Peter Parker, but, you know, he wants to branch out. And honestly, who can blame the kid? And as I mentioned, I, I really liked him in that Netflix uh, that Netflix film, uh, The Devil, all the time. And it's not like Holland is devoid of talent. Clearly, he's not. And while I think the script is okay at best at points, I thought Holland was elevating meh material and actually making it good. And I have to give him a lot of credit in that aspect as an actor, while... Again, as I mentioned, the film, I don't think it does nearly enough to have Sierra Bravo and Tom Holland's characters mean that much to each other. Their chemistry is very natural. It feels, it really does feel like Holland's chemistry when you see him and Zendaya in interviews. It's it's just so natural and, and surprisingly just kind of sweet. You kind of go, oh, okay. And it, it's that does carry over here. Maybe it's just that Tom Holland is so charming that that could be it. But their their love that's portrayed early on in this film, I thought was was sweet to watch. Again, I just wish there was more meat on the bone from what we're given. And so basically, they have this fight and she tells Emily, tells Sherry, hey, I'm going to be going to school in, uh, in Canada, you know, I'm going to move up there. And so he makes this very rash decision and people, there's a reason why there is the turn, you know, there is that turn of phrase, you know, sleep, sleep on it. Don't do anything rash because, because Sherry, after she tells him this goes and immediately signs up for the army like the next day. And that was something I went, Why? Why would you do that? and of course she realizes she made a mistake because she's falling in love with him and that is a thing too as for this movie being over two hours almost being two and a half hours, it's amazing that their relationship feels as rushed as it does and that was something I was really rather peeved by the more that the film goes on it, it, it's 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 a little it, it is frustrating so. When they have this big argument about, hey, you know, you're going off, you know, you're not going off to school now. I do give Cherry credit for really trying to be, trying to empathize in the sense of, look, I'm going to go off, you know, join the army. You have a couple years left in school. You wanted to go. You know, we can find each other again when I'm back. And so that's what ends up happening. He goes ahead and leaves. And uh, goes off to Iraq, and that's where the meat of the film kind of starts to, to to pick up a little bit because Sherry is going to be a uh, to be a medic, and something that this film really portrays that it made me go, oh, this is why I didn't. This is clearly why the military wouldn't have worked for me. The way that you're treated in the military, and I know some people could say, well, you know, it's Hollywood, they're embellishing, and, you know, they're amping it up for drama, but when you've, we've heard about the things that have just come out in the last five years from different Air Force bases and different, uh, you know, uh, different stories from people coming back um, from serving, you know, the PTSD problem, it's a huge deal, and that is another thing about the film i i was sitting here going i wish you would push it just a little more because the film it almost gets right up to the doorstep of addressing these issues and then it, it takes several steps back and doesn't address it so PTSD is something that's kind of addressed in here you know the the military being you know, uh, people in higher ranking, uh, positions in the military being bullies. That is something that's kind of addressed, but it's never, there's never really follow up on it. It's very much a, we're going to tell you about this thing, but not show you, like not flesh it fully all the way out, which again is frustrating. Uh, Holland credit where it's due. There are multiple scenes here where he's in full, you know, he's in full, uh, He's in full armor and uh, not armor, but, you know, full uniform and everything. And you see him going through uh, the basic training bits. But even when he's going through the basic training bits, there are these moments where he kind of stops Frank Underwood style and breaks the fourth wall. And that's probably the biggest problem with the film outside of the script. It it feels so stylish for just the sake of being stylish, but not having a natural rhythm. Uh, to the film, which is really, really quite frustrating because the film is broken up into parts. Uh, you know, part one, uh, I, I can't remember, part one, um, a prologue. Part one's a prologue. Part two is called Basic. Part three is Sherry. Part four is Home. Part five is Dope Life. So part two was probably the most interesting until the very end, personally. I, I thought Basic was. What's fascinating. There is this scene, and I'm gonna try to dance around spoilers here. But there is a scene where there's a ta- there's an attack on their convoy, and you see this uh, you see this convoy in front of them, you know, explode, and some people that he was close with ended up dying. And you see Sherry having to pull these burned bodies out of the wreckage, and it's such a powerful. Oh fuck! There are some there's some genuine consequences to this, and seeing how Holland just breaks down in this way is so fucking tragic, and it's really fucking sad. And the mood does a great job. Uh, Holland especially does a great job of just conveying that emotion with very little, you know, character development for some of these people. You know, it there uh, there are people who are introduced, you know, basically for. Uh, to, you know, to service uh, Cherry as far as his journey. But when consequences happen to some of these people, it does ring a little hollow because, you know, you didn't know him that well. But Holland does such a good job in selling it that as I was watching the film first, uh, you know, just watching it last night, I went, huh, they are doing a very good job of, you know, kind of dodging that at first, uh, you know, at first watch because you're just not thinking about it. Myself... Some of the stuff that does occur, I just went, alright, that's a little, you know, like, I know you have to go through a full, you know, like, exam and all that, so there's a scene where, you know, Tom Holland is bent over, or Sherry's bent over a, uh, uh, a table, and he's having his asshole exam. and, uh, you know, again, this isn't Uncut Gems, I didn't need to see that, see that shit, literally, uh, Like, it was just something I went, all right, I didn't need to say that. These drill sergeants are so fucking mean. They call um, everyone's mouths uh, dick flaps, uh, or or dick holders, uh, uh, dick holsters, I think that's what they call them. Um, Cock holster, that's what it is, cock holster. Uh, They call their hands uh, dick skinners. Just all these things that are so genuinely abusive, and... When you think about how you know we're told it's gotten better, it—I mean—has it? I mean, has it gotten that much better? It's really quite just kind of maddening to see how those men are treated and how really inhumane it is, just as far as the yelling and the verbal abuse. There's a point where uh one of Sher- uh, Sherry's—I uh, think it's his uh, main main sergeant—just walks up, hits him in the dick for no reason in the bathroom, and he's supposed to, to you know. And then he tells him to salute, and I'm like, "That's fucking insane! Like it's 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 absurd at points." But again, you know, this shit occurs, so not out of you know, not completely <laughs> unfounded, but it was something that really did uh, catch me off guard in a way I went, uh There's a couple scenes in part three, which is called Cherry, that I really did did enjoy. As, as I mentioned, the attack. Uh, the attack that Sherry has to go ahead and live through—that in itself is really heartbreaking. There's a scene where this guy's guts are spilling out of his stomach, and they're trying to keep him, uh, keep him alive while people are shooting at him. There, there, there are multiple scenes in that portion of the film. I went, wow, these are really, these are really hitting. Uh, there's a scene, I believe it's in part three, where Sherry is actually talking to Emily. And he just breaks down because this is after he'd seen the attack and he just doesn't want to even think about his life. He wants to think about the life they're building together. So, you know, on the phone, he's crying, shaking and asked her, you know, just tell me about you. And it, it, it's a it's really emotional, heartbreaking scene. And again, while there's not a lot of groundwork laid by the script, Holland is elevating this material as well as Sierra Bravo, in a way I went, I'm just genuinely impressed by both of them in the way that they're able to uh, play off each other. So the film really does pick up once part four kicks in where, where Sherry comes home. And this, ironically enough, is where my biggest issue with the film comes in because, and, I, and I'm and i gonna be that person, It's it's something I don't think enough critics will probably bring up, because this is a white guy, and because of the drug that he gets hooked on, this is treated so much as a tragedy, like this is something he couldn't have foreseen, or something he couldn't have prevented, but it, But we ha- I have to ask the question, if this is a person of color in a relationship with a black woman, are they given the sympathy that at points this film tries to show? And I'll be honest. I don't think so, and you know, uh, again, I uh, I know a lot of people won't look that deep, and that's fine. But that was something that I really, really was a little maddened by the more I watched it, because you know the crack epidemic, you know, oh, black people were just being, you know, black people were just being silly, you know, sucks to suck. But you know, the opiate, the opioid crisis that we're going through now is seen as a tragedy, and. You know, it, it. You look at how it's differently portrayed, and I just go, okay. I don't love that, but with that said, this movie does such a good job near the end of really showing how desperate you can become when you are on drugs, and how Cherry and uh, Emily their relationship just becomes so tragic because PTSD, that's something, again, we need to talk about more in this country and, you know, how we tell our men and women, you know, you go overseas, you fight for this country, you protect us and we'll take care of you and how we really don't, not even close to the the degree that we should be. And when he does get hooked on, uh, on, you know, get hooked on drug, uh, gets hooked on heroin, It is really fucking sad, and the way the film portrays Cherry tripping out, and how him and Emily both fall down this rabbit hole, and things just get more bleak and more bleak and more bleak, it's really crazy how things do wrap up, and I really did enjoy the aspect of him starting to rob banks as the trailer shows. The big thing with that, though, my biggest complaint is... I know you're on drugs. You're not in your right mind, obviously. But he he's barely trying to cover his face. <laughs> like, his his first Spider-Man costume hit his face more. It, like, it really makes no sense if you're going to be robbing banks to not cover your face or wear a mask. It, it, and there are points he does, and there are points where he just walks in wearing sunglasses. And I just go... All right, you need to try to hide who the hell you are if you're doing this. It just that didn't make sense. And and that lack of caring or, or lack of preparation really did take me out of the film a couple times. So that was something, you know, I, I know some people just say, well, he's on drugs, what do you want? But there are points where he's scouting out these banks about which ones to rob. And and I just go, if you're gonna put that much effort into looking into these banks. I would think you would put some effort in to try to hide your appearance. So that was something I just went, uh, I'm not, I'm not crazy about that, but I personally won't say how this film wraps up. I'll kind of let, I'll let you discover that for yourself, but uh, getting my final thoughts here. Again, I've seen people just dunking on this movie, talking about how it's shit and everything. And there was never a point. I thought this was shit. I was never upset watching this movie, but I was more irritated because I'm I'm sitting there going, you're probably a rewrite or two away from this being not just a good film, but a potentially great film. And that's really the biggest bummer about it, because, again, Tom Holland and Sierra Bravo really do elevate this material in a way that I went that I went. This is better than the script deserves, but it's a great thing. You have two great young actors that, uh, uh, you know, a great actor and a great actress, you know, very much still honing their craft. But the fact they're this good already is insanely impressive. I haven't mentioned him yet, but um, but Jack Rayner, he you've seen him in several things. The thing I remember him in is uh, I remember as Brendan in uh, Sing Street. I, I fucking love Sing Street. If you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know, I'm a huge fan of that movie. Uh, he also was Christian in Midsummer, which I have not seen. Midsummer, I know I don't like scary. Don't at me. But he plays Cherry's uh, drug dealer, uh, who's called Pills and Pills and Coke is his name. And he's not in the movie a whole lot, but I love the swagger that he has as, a, as an actor. I really like this guy. Uh, he was in Free Fire too, and him and Holland work really well off, uh, off each other. There's a scene. Involving a black safe that I won't spoil. That scene in particular plays out really insane, and I and I love their dialogue. And yeah, so yeah, wrapping up here. Just there's a great movie here. There's a good movie here somewhere. I really do believe that. But the Russos just really got more, in my opinion, obsessed with style over substance. I'll give some credit for. You know, them taking a risk on something that's completely not a summer, uh, you know, summer blockbuster and doing a more quiet film. And same thing with Tom Holland and Sierra Bravo. I'm sure they both want to hone their craft and continue to get better and not, you know, just be pigeonholed to one thing. But unfortunately, this film is not deserving of the cast it has. Um, This script really need to be tightened up. Uh, This movie is over two hours and honest to God, there's no reason it should be he could have wrapped up bits of part 4 and part 5 and really cut a couple scenes that I, the scenes i would recommend cutting is spoilerish so i just won't go into them but as you get closer to the end of the film you'll see some things you'd go okay you could have cut you know a minute off of this and a minute here and just make this a tighter script i i think you could have had this film be an hour and 50 minutes pretty easily honestly so it is rather maddening that it just kind of feels like the the slog. It does feel like at points. But overall, I still think it's it's worth watching once just for the acting performances. Because there is some good acting in here. So I will give this ooh, I will give this a C. You know, this is on Apple TV Plus. You can watch at home. This is where I would watch it. Uh, if I had seen this in the theater, I'll be, you know, assuming <laughs> I felt safe going to a theater right now. But if I had seen theater, I'd seen it in theater, pr- I'd probably be a little, a little harsher on it. It might be in the C, maybe even C minus range. But again, for where I saw this and everything, and I actually got a screener of this. So I actually watched this twice. But yeah, I think a C plus is fair on this, just for the acting alone and some stuff that I thought, Directing wise was well done. Some of the war stuff is shot really well, and the trip out scenes are shot incredibly well. It, it makes you feel like you're you're kind of tripping. So, yeah, some 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 decent stuff here. But overall, unfortunately, the pieces don't come together in as well as it should. So, but, uh, Cherry. Everyone, have you seen it? What'd you think? Let us know in the comments. You can like us on Facebook at the Real Pineapple. That's R E E L Pineapple. You can go ahead and like an, our gaming page at Real Pineapple Games on Facebook as well. I will be streaming here uh, soon. I will keep all of you updated on that. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at J Hunter Real Pineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at Neerman the First. That's N-E-A-R-M-A-N and you can go ahead, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe and don't forget to leave us comments, we love to hear from all of you, uh, you can find us on SoundCloud Apple and Google Podcasts Podbean, Stitcher and iHeartRadio Spotify, Amazon Music, and TuneUp just to mention a few places you can listen to us here for At The Real Pineapple uh, thank you so much for listening, we will have reviews come up here soon for uh, WandaVision, which I am really excited to have that review up this week, I will finally have my best of 2020 up on the 16th, so on Tuesday morning, that will be live, I am so excited to get that knocked out, and have that, uh, available for all of you, and this weekend, we will have a review for Zack Snyder's Justice League, I, oh, that's gonna be a thing, um, uh- <laughs> But we will have a review up for that. I'm sure that will be a very long review. So I'm already telling you all, be prepared to uh, sit in with us a little bit on that one. But thank you so much, everyone, for your support. Thank you so much for listening. Take care of each other. Wear a mask. Um, if you are in the... Uh, the market for a great Mission Impossible podcast. Check out my uh, my friends uh, Nathan and Aaron at Mission Potable. They are well worth your time. They, have a, they run a great show over there. Check them out and f- check out my friend Doggett at uh, For the Fans. You can find him on, uh, Sa- on uh, SoundCloud and Spotify. But uh, thank you so much, everyone, again for your support. Please stay safe out there. Wear a mask, take care of each other, and we will talk to you soon.